0: Welcome to Real Talk JavaScript, the weekly talk show that brings you stories of real-world development from industry experts and developers like you and me. Each week, Ward Bell, Dan Walline Craig Shoemaker, and John Papa find out what it takes to write, deploy, and maintain apps that stand up to the demands of the real world. And now, here are your hosts.
1: Welcome back to Real Talk JavaScript. This is episode one hundred and five, which ironically is the same age as my co-host today, Dan Wallin. How's it going, Dan?
2: It's going good. Your your <laughs> math is actually pretty accurate. <laughs> is that how you feel this <laughs> week, or what? <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of do actually. I'm I'm having you know how and sometimes in life you have those like. Certain parts of the body start not acting like they're supposed to, like, uh, I don't know, your ears are plugged or your arm hurts or whatever. Yeah, that's this week. I don't, I don't know what's going on. But uh, oh my.
1: other than that, I'm doing great, phenomenal, amazing. Well, it's, it's good that you're doing that, and obviously I'm kidding about Dan's age. It would be really impressive if you were 105 <laughs> still doing all this. <laughs> but today we have a great topic, uh, one of the more fun topics we have. It's something I can't believe it took us 105 episodes to get to, Dan. Really important, I know. serious topic. Yeah, Cats as a service. You know, we have everything as a service these days, but we don't have cats as a service. And now, thanks... To our guest today, Tomomi Amura, we have Cats as a Service. So welcome to the show, Tomomi. All
3: right. Uh, thanks for having me. It's yeah, great to be on the show. Well,
1: this will be fun. And for those out there who may be not familiar with you, let me read a little information about Tomomi. Tomomi Amura is a developer advocate in San Francisco Bay Area. Her expertise is combining technology with Cats and her past Cats as a Service project include HTTP Status Cats and Raspberry Pi Cat. Camera. It's all about the cats today, so <laughs> we're gonna. To, I got to check out some of these projects. <laughs> awesome. So you have to tell me what is the uh, what is HTTP status cats? What is that?
3: Oh, so this is actually, you know what? Something gave myself a fifteen minutes of fame. Like I think it was like eight, nine years ago, when I was kind of bored, I was collecting cat pictures on the internet. I was like, you know what? And some of the cat pictures look like some of the error code in HTTP, like 4-4, not fun, and things like that, right? <laughs> so then I started creating this, uh, you know, uh, images of cats with a status code, you know. So basically uh, using the cat picture that fits a description of each error code. So if you can take a look at like HTTPS, wait, hold on, HTTP, no, HTTP Dot cat. So it's that cat domain.
1: So. Okay. And I dropped that into the show so notes, the link for folks. Uh, I think my favorite one might be the George Bush eating a cat, which looks like 405. I think that's George Bush.
3: Is it? <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. So I, yeah, I created a long time ago. So, okay. Let me see. I have to take a look at what I had
1: the, These are and, interesting.
3: Yeah, I think that was uh, only one artificial, was not actual photo, but I find it's funny. So just use that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, the not acceptable. So definitely, I'm just gonna stare at all these pictures now. Not acceptable <laughs> seems to be a picture of a cat hanging onto a faucet of a tub while somebody is holding them over the tub. Um, <laughs> is that not acceptable in your life, Dan? Yeah, I don't know. I've, there's some great ones in here, though. I'm looking at
2: 302 <laughs> found, three and there's a, a fireman or a woman—I can't tell—but um, rescuing a cat. Oh, <laughs> that's just a nice
3: one, right? Yeah, but I think everybody but it's fable. It's 418. People were surprised it actually exists. I use that, and that's it.
1: Oh my! Oh, that's <laughs>
2: <crazy>. <laughs> you better explain it, John, because nobody can see it, obviously.
3: Yeah, that was created as a joke initially. I mean the you know, status quo itself. Yeah. Oh.
1: Well these are fantastic.
3: <laughs> I forgot a whole story so but yeah.
2: Four the which some people probably have heard of and others probably haven't. Somebody had way too much time on their hands because it's the I'm a teapot. Um, and it's got a little picture of a cat kind of in a teapot. So that's great. Yeah. If everyone
1: ever want to blow somebody away in an interview, just, you know, start asking about HTTP and stuff like that, you know, ask them if they know what the 418 error code is. Uh, cause usually <laughs> when you tell people it's the, I'm a teapot error code, they're like, you're just kidding and joking. Like, no, there's actually an error code for this five
2: <laughs> oh yeah. ten not extended. I don't think I've ever heard of that one. That is a crazy picture. I don't even know. <laughs>
3: So and some of the things actually have updated. I just recently got this uh, GitHub an issue on my uh, the repo so I have to fix some of the stuff. I forgot which one, but one of the I believe one of the uh, status have updated, so it's no longer true. I think it's 425 the unordered collection. So that was what it was before, but I think it's something else right now. Oh, I should have to take a look.
1: I'll, I'll drop the <laughs> uh, I'll drop the GitHub repo into the show notes as well. And it looks like it's got about seven hundred stars up there. Yeah, yeah. So, what inspired you to create this? I mean, were you um, frustrated with the uh, with the error codes that were out there and wanted to spruce them <laughs> up? Or <laughs> this is awesome. You <laughs> woke up one day and like, you know
2: what? We need some fancier error code pictures, right? Is that what happened to mommy? <laughs>
3: Kind of like that. Yeah, that time. Well, that was a long time ago. It's a long story. Actually, I was working at HP, I believe that time. So my project, I was working got canceled and I had nothing to do, <laughs> but uh-huh. I still had to show up at the office that time. So I was just sitting there chatting with my coworkers, but it's nothing to do. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to browse the cat photos. I know that was bad, right? <laughs> but I needed to have some sort of motivation, you know? <laughs> now that's real life. Some... <laughs> i like, oh, okay, I'm going to just press cat videos and cat photos. So then, of course, you know, uh, at the time I was probably uh, writing some, I forgot what it was, uh, working on some side project or something too. And, of course, it involves APIs. So, you know, it was really related with uh, HTTP and the status code. So I'm like, you know what? I can combine all those. (laughs) Yeah, that's a
2: great way to combine, like, fun with actual real stuff. So I love it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So that time, I actually only have created uh, images, you know, all those photos with um, status code. I didn't. So to be honest, this HTTP.cat webpage is not created by me. So the great thing was when I created, you know, uh, a lot of people in the tech tech community have reacted. So everybody have created something like, um, yeah, like Apache setup or APIs and web pages and NPM packages and all kinds of stuff. So I actually didn't create all those, you know, but the community have done a whole lot of, you know, the good stuff with their cats. And then of course, you know, there are a lot of other variants like HTTP status dogs or HT, HTTP, like Beyonce status code, and so, <laughs> you know all kinds of <laughs> variants out there. So I think I've done something. <laughs>
2: For the trend, the, yeah. Yeah, awesome. the dev
3: community. And I really love to see all new sets of, you know, the status code with something else.
1: Yeah. So you seem to combine cats with just about everything you do online. Like mm-hmm. I'm reading some of your blog posts recently. And the most recent one you have is about the spread syntax, the, the three dots. Oh
3: yeah. Wow. Well, cat really involves so that the thing is um uh, I actually so I was giving a lot of conference talks. You know, it's not because I'm, you know, a developer advocate. I just, you know, like to speak and you know, talk about technologies. So I, you know, I took at a lot of conferences and um And I was invited to some conference, which actually most of them got canceled this year because of the COVID. But, you know, I wanted to, you know, uh, give some brand new talk. So I kind of thought about maybe I can talk about ECMAScript, all that new stuff, ES6 to ES, I think the latest 11. So, yeah, so uh, spread operator ones is just uh, one of the examples I use in the talk. But I had a lot more to talk about, you know. So I decided to, you know, just blanch it out as a blog post instead of conference talk. Actually, I didn't mention a conference talk, too, but yeah. It's nice, because yeah.
2: uh, you give some really good examples in here. Like, I'm looking at math.max. And, you know, that That's comes a up sometimes. One, right? yeah.
3: mm-hmm. And how,
2: you know, it's normally a comma-separated list, and you show how you can take an array and spread it out. And a lot of different good uh, examples in here.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And the one thing, I did use a cat pun, concat.
1: <laughs> yep. So you
3: can concatenate arrays using these uh, three dots, you know.
1: Yep, and there's also a cat image in the post of the mm-hmm. blog post. So you, you find a way to work these cats in one way or the uh-huh, other, I've uh-huh. noticed. <laughs> so go, to the, go to the very bottom, John. Want to find out more about ES Next? I'll be
2: giving a talk about EC Meow Script.
3: <laughs> EC Meow.
2: Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Meow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I was a little slow on that.
3: So That's the conference awesome. you know, talk title was uh, an EC Meow Script. What's new in JavaScript explained with cats? So this is something nice. I just gave at uh, the Web Directions Conference online. And which was actually an Australia-based conference. But, you know, of course, due to all the coronavirus and stuff, I, well, didn't get a chance to actually be there. So right.
1: the, I next time, um, the next time I put a post together or a, a conference workshop or a talk, I'm calling you Tamomi, because you have much better titles. Uh, I was literally just thinking, <laughs> that. I, was, I was going <laughs> man, I got to take my game up a notch and, and like, consult with Tamomi. That could work. Uh, There's actually a really cool post you wrote I wanted to ask you about um, from a couple of years ago. But before we get to that one, let's take a quick break from a word from our sponsors.
0: Hey, are you building apps in React, Angular, Node, or some other framework? Well, with NX, you can build your full-stack apps in a shared monorepo, integrate with modern tools, and reinforce best practices. You'll get advanced code generation and automatically configured tooling like Cypress, Jest, and Prettier that will simplify your workflow. NX also helps you simplify the relationships between applications and shared libraries to make it easier to share more code and develop more consistently across teams. And the best part is you'll build higher quality apps and spend less time on configuration. So visit nx.dev to get Narwhal's popular open source toolkit for monorepo development today. And we're back.
1: And Tamobi, one of the things I really was, um, stood out to me when I first looked up some of your content was your use of sketch noting or visual learning. And you wrote a post back in December 26th of 2017 called Git Per," of course, Git, Git commands explained with cats. And this was the first time I ever saw Git explained in a way that wasn't like drowning me with CLI commands and, you know... <laughs> All these crazy words, you know, generally people explain git and they explain it with all the technical terms. And if you don't know what they mean, that's the whole point. You're at you're at this blog post trying to understand what you're doing and then they drown you with 5,000 words like do a merge, force, pullback, checkout, branch, and mm-hmm. I'm making this up, you know. Uh, but you you change it up a little bit. So this post here, I mean, what inspired you to use sketchnoting to do this and kind of uh, go in this direction?
3: I actually had a sketch from just myself because, you know, uh, yeah, get it's something, you know, the engineers use on a daily basis. But to be honest, it's not really that simple or like you don't remember everything, you know. So I have this notes only for myself. And uh, well, I said notes, but it's more like a doodling. But then I was like, you know what, I can actually publish it and just clean it up and publish it. So I, I even colored it, and it looks like some sort of weird cat genetics, but I thought it would be fun <laughs> to describe. It was actually funny, because when I posted posted those, um, you know, a doodle on Twitter, I thought, you know, engineers would react, and engineers find it's fun. But it was true. I mean, a lot of engineers find it fun and retweet it and stuff. But at the same time, so I noticed a lot of, People from different industries. It's a biotech, or uh, like I would say, not just biotech. I mean, scientists, not like computer scientists, but life scientists and genetics. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they think it's a genetics, like Mendel's stuff. And I was like, why? Why those people interested? And it's kind of curious. It's like why all of a sudden people who are studying or working in like a biochem or gen genetics uh, into, and it turns out, it looks like a lot of people actually do use Git in these days. I didn't even know. Yeah. Not just the computer science way, I mean, the software engineers, but yeah, scientists use. And then I remember actually, you know what? I started learning programming because I used to, I mean, in the college I studied biology and that's actually why I studied Java and Perl because initially I wanted to study like bioinformatics and stuff. So I guess yeah, that was a long time ago, anyways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess a lot of scientists Pearl, out there use the technology. Can I do a quick segue
2: on that, Tamomi? So my first language was Perl. Oh yeah. Probably not the best language to start with, I'm <laughs> gonna say, because you sort of felt like you had to learn regex and stuff like that. But anyway, I, I digress. I digress because back then. Back then, since I'm, what am I, John? 104, something like that. Uh, you're um, getting younger. You were 105, yes. Oh, 105. <laughs> my bad. Because <laughs> uh, back then, it was all CGI scripts. I don't know. Oh, yes. Uh,
3: <laughs> CGI script, yeah.
2: Yeah, and so, you know, we did it with Perl. And
1: that, that was why that was my first language. So anyway. that was.
3: Yeah, I did too, yeah.
1: <laughs> wow, there you go. Yeah, I was looking at this. What I, what I like is that it's you're showing inside your notes. And I definitely I put this into the show notes for people to go look at. Ah, uh, looking at Git push, for example, you show the commands, of course, which can get verbose and sometimes with all the options and things you got to put in there. Uh, but you like show Git push the remote to the branch. But then on the left hand side, you're showing with cats, of course, and images on how a Git push actually works through a, a diagram, and how um, the changes seem to be visually shown with color coding different parts of the cats. So like the cat is empty, for example, at first, and then somebody makes changes up into the remote, which the cat now has a green bow tie. Uh, And then you have a local change where the cat now has uh, like orange tabby marks on it. So you want to merge these changes, but you got to somehow figure out how do you merge them? How do you push? How do you put them all together? I, I like this so much because... The visual representation, which I'm not doing justice by talking about, go check it out, uh, everybody. The visual representation makes it so much easier to understand what's happening by using this kind of a a diagram for me than reading the standard Git blog posts that you read where people are like, uh, including myself, you talk about them in technical terms and it's like, I don't understand what's happening. But once you can see the changes, you get it.
2: You know, and it's kind of funny because I think you know, some, some of us were using Git every single day and it depended on projects I was on, but I didn't use it every day a lot of times because I kind of came from the consulting world. And there were some days I'm just in meetings, you know? And so having uh, been at Microsoft in the last two months, I can say I've used Git heavily, heavily um, every single day for something that actually just got released. And this is just phenomenal for those that don't use it every day. Because if you're like me... I don't know. I just forget pretty quick. <laughs> and mm-hmm. having that visual representation is just one of those quick, especially if you've done it, but even if you haven't, it's great. But if you have, you're like, Oh yeah, yeah that's what that is. And you can go back and, you know, refresh.
3: <laughs> especially. So I did it for myself initially, because the reason I always forget, and especially something like a cherry pick, it's not something I use all the time. And, uh, when I have to use it, I'm like, oh, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so I decided to describe it. With, yeah. So that time I actually switched from doodling on pen and paper to uh, iPad. So I use actually software to draw that newest one.
1: So can we take a step back a little too, and maybe can you explain to people um, what is sketchnoting, uh, for those out there who may not be familiar with it, and then talk about how you got into it.
3: I see. Let's see. So to be Honest, I don't know the exact definition is, but I would say in a generally sketch noting, it's something. Let's say maybe in among tech communities, um, during like a conferences and events and stuff, you know, and someone who's actually good at doodling stuff, take a note, but instead of just writing down. It's only like a text only you note, know, uh, adds all the diagrams and ha- something nice to highlight and the image, um, the illustrations. And uh, you know, it's actually visually appealing and it's grateful. Ourselves, like if we drawing um, herself, can learn better. And at the same time, by sharing those sketch notes, uh, you know, we can just share the knowledge to everybody else in the world. Um yeah, and I believe so many people are actually uh, visual learners, you know, because uh, I actually have conducted a survey before in a previous job, because uh, you know I'm doing developer advocacy and uh, dealing with developers like my everyday job, right? My job really is more more like helping you know developers out there by explaining technologies and stuff, rather than. Me being a software engineer writing code, it's a slightly different world. So yeah, I asked a bunch of developers how they learn like new technologies and APIs and stuff. And uh, of course, you know, pretty much everybody, but I wouldn't say 100% of people, uh, read docs. Oh, I was rather yep. surprised. It's like, oh, some people don't read the docs at all. Surprise. And a lot of people yeah, <laughs> learn from code samples. That's more like me. Yeah. And just using a uh, GitHub I mean the code samples in GitHub or whatever. You know, that's one way. Another way is just that people rather learn from something visual. And of course, you know, visual assets are not always available on any uh, API or framework site, but still many provides like video you know, like YouTube videos and stuff. That's one of the factors.
1: I popped in your data structures hash table, which is, um, it's got an image.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: how to explain that. It's pinned to your Twitter profile for now. I don't notes. think
3: I blogged about it. I should.
1: That's fantastic, actually. I'm looking at this. First of all, I, I love your penmanship and your artistry is great. <laughs> Thank um, you. But to do sketch noting, I mean, people don't have to be an artist to do this in any way. Uh, you know, it's really just, it's a visual way to explain something. Mm -hmm. And what I love about this is sometimes I don't have time for videos. This is coming from a guy who creates hundreds of videos. (laughs) Um, I don't have time to watch a video so much and find the exact spot of what I want. Uh, Maybe I don't have uh, the patience or the attention at times to read through a bunch of docs and find Mm -hmm. what I need. But a sketch note to me is like, this is a great, I feel like I'm back in high school and college. I'm taking notes the way I wish I would have taken notes yeah. back then, where I've got a single page that explains how does a hash table work.
3: Mm-hmm, You're mm-hmm.
1: showing, you know, all the array pieces, and of course, there's cats.
3: <laughs> yeah, so that's another thing. So one of the <laughs> latest work for me is a cat. So yeah, so actually, it's funny because in high school, I was the person who actually really took and t- take time for the noting, I mean, taking the notes and uh, the kind of person for everybody can to ask to borrow. But that means, you know, it's a good uh, the pros and cons. I mean, I spend too much time or too much effort taking good notes. It doesn't mean I really learn in a classroom. I think I focus on the wrong things. So it doesn't always work, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> you have That's to multitask, basically. You have to listen, digest, understand. Android. So sketchnoting at the conference might not be really a my thing because it's really extremely hard to listen, understand, and you know uh, put in a doodle. But for this particular one with data structures and stuff, this is not like I did in real time. I actually had a basic understanding and I put in the doodle. So yeah, I would say this is yeah. something like many hours of worth of study time into one-pager or two-pager doodle. So I thought, you know, it's worth sharing with people who are studying computer science.
1: I think it is. Um, what tool, do you mind sharing with folks who might be interested in scheduling, what tools do you use um, either for pen and paper or for iPad, as I think you mentioned?
3: I actually so use both. I still do like to use pen and paper. I have a lot of, you know, Copic Color pens and stuff too, but I do actually use iPad uh, for this particular one. So I have iPad and uh, the software, you know, the app called the Procreate. That's amazing. You use that, app, don't so you,
1: John? I do. I, I also sketch, you no, know, yep, and I use Procreate. And mm-hmm. uh, I do. And I a use an pencil, right? The Apple pencil on my iPad to get there. And I'm going to stick some uh, links to the Copic or Copic. I don't know how you pronounce them. Copic markers.
3: I think it's C O P I C. It's a Japanese marker, but it's extremely popular among oh, people who do it. They're fantastic.
1: Illustration. In yeah. fact, I have, I've got two. You can't see them on video, folks, but I got two right here that I use. Oh, yeah. I oh, have
3: nice.
1: 12 shades of blue and 12 shades of no. gray.
3: Oh, wow. 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> those are the, honestly, those are the two colors I use most. So I just bought a bunch of Copics to do that. Yeah, I have but one I, too, John. See?
3: It's a Sharpie? Sharpie
1: works. So that's the thing. When I started, all I did was I picked up like a pack of those Field Notes books, which I'll put a link to in the show notes. Field Notes books, they're like, I don't know, three by four inches at most. They fit in your pocket. There's maybe Mm -hmm. 25 pages in them. I can't remember. Uh, And I used to use those because you can carry them with you. And I would have like a a pencil or pen or a black Sharpie, whatever. And I would use those to start doing it Uh, when I was at conferences and... I agree with you, Tomomi, when I'm at an mm-hmm. event, it's hard to listen to a new thing and write sketchnotes at the same time for me. It's hard. But, yeah. So that was, that was neat, but I found more value later watching like a video or reading an article, like a docs. And then while doing that, I could pause myself and grab the iPad or paper, whatever I wanted at the time, and try to sketchnote my only downside with Procreate, which I think is a fantastic tool. And I wonder how you feel is when I have paper and I try to do sketch noting, there's no eraser. Like, so I, if I make a mistake, I just roll with it and I keep going. It's part of the design, but in Procreate, you can erase to your heart's content with the iPad. And sometimes it takes me 10 times as long to create something and
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah <laughs> i like like become more of a perfectionist <laughs> almost
1: huh yes it's like i wish tap, i
3: couldn't erase undo. yeah
2: <laughs> i think my problem with sketch noting is my wife likes to say i write at a third grade level so um because i type so much i don't ever have to write and i'm looking at your handwriting going wow that's amazing but mm-hmm. i guess that's just practice do you, do you actually write physically a lot then tamomi
3: not much so okay for well, so when I was a young like a kid, I really loved drawing and doodling and stuff, but I kind of lost the ability because when I hit a teenage, I <laughs> forgot about all those i I was playing a band, and you know that was like become like my entire life, so I didn't do anything else, really, I didn't even study, <laughs> but later yeah. on, like when i well like recently, I would say, I kind of feel like I should start doing it again. And I was actually totally encouraged by a friend of mine uh, who was doing live um sketchnoting at the conferences. And that was like phenomenal. I really have only have respect that whoever can do this really. I tried, but I didn't do well on live as much as everybody else. Yeah. So we start doing this again. And actually, so Chiuki, it's her name. I should put her Twitter. but Yeah. Drop, drop
1: uh, she's an
3: Android developer.
1: I'm glad you added that last word, developer, because there was a slight pause. She's an Android <laughs>
3: developer. Uh, <yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now well, you can tell
3: I'm not good with multitasking, but I tried to type out her uh, Twitter handle, and speaking. I can't do that. That's why I'm good, not good with, you know, live sketchnote and listening and drawing at the same time. Oh, it's, it's hard. hard.
2: <laughs> you know what, I, what so, I love about it, though, is even, even if it was live for me, it kind of makes you organize things. Yes. Um, and, and I think, because my way of taking notes is usually just top to bottom. And the, the mm-hmm. problem with that is, I don't know, I, I think later it's not very digestible because you almost have to start top to bottom. Yeah. Whereas with the sketch noting approach, and I think this is great for just when people are learning things, because mm-hmm. I don't know about you, when when I'm trying to solve a hard problem, it's funny sometimes I'll have literally one of my sons or my wife even come in the room. They know nothing about what I'm talking about, but I will talk through the problem, mm-hmm. and then you know I'll be like, oh, I got it. Thanks for coming, you know, and then they can go. And I think that's kind of the case here is by breaking it out like you do. Like I'm looking at your hash table one. It's like super organized. I think it's almost like a bucket of memory. You know what I mean? And so later it's easier to recall, at least I would argue.
3: Yeah, so that's really the way of thinking. So when I actually draw, I have to really think everything visually in a quite different way. And I believe whoever I shared with and the people who learn from my sketch probably feel the same, you know. And I don't know, uh, well, I don't know anything about human psychology or how brain works, but still. Not, and not everything has to be like top to down. You can have like maybe let's say some core idea in the middle and you can all branch out and add in more ideas or facts or whatever. It depends on what you're doing. And I think that's actually the drawing itself or even digesting the drawing by somebody else. It's a great brain exercise. And I even before I started drawing, I was actually always doing without thinking, like even math class or philosophy, I was always drawing stuff. And I believe that's why I was actually good at I was really good at logics and stuff without really studying hard. And my friend, I remember at the college, a friend of mine who wanted to go into law school, she had a really hard time studying all logics and stuff. But she was so surprised, like, why I understand the whole question I could answer. Uh, I should have been a lawyer now. No, I don't want to. But <laughs> she was joking about it. So for some reason, I thought it was, well, I'm natural. I just understand all those logics without. But I think it's because of the way I think or the way I draw, you know, just... Uh, different way of thinking it helped me understand things logically. I believe. I know I'm kind of speaking coherent, not so coherently, so I don't sound like a logical person, but I really believe that you know exercising it's a good exercise to a lot of things.
1: and while while we've been talking here, I've been dropping a bunch of notes into the show notes for folks to check out. Um, everything from the tools we mentioned, like the couple of markers, the field notes, procreate as well as some videos and some blog posts and some people who you can follow for sketchnoting. Uh, the big name you should know out there is Mike Rohde, everybody. Uh, I believe I'm his last name correct, but uh, he was the first one I ever heard about to do sketchnoting about okay. a decade ago. Uh, he wrote Sketchnoting Handbook, uh, which you can check out. and it's, it's a book that's written in sketchnotes, which is fantastic. <laughs> so you can kind of pick this book up.
3: Well, I have
1: the books, wow. Yeah, I actually do. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, yeah, I actually met him at a conference. Uh, I think it was Mix, Microsoft conference back in 2009, I believe, or 2008. And he was sketchnoting the keynote that Microsoft was doing at the time. And I was like, I've ne- at the time, I'd never seen anybody. He had this large poster board and he was sketchnoting live whoever was up there doing the keynote for the whole day. Mm. Uh, and I just thought that was fantastic. Like, what a great way to capture the essence of what you're learning and talking about. Well, and I would
2: guess, to mummy, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you're learning, let's say, uh, you know, I, I was just reading an article yesterday on ES 2021, actually, mm-hmm. features. And oh, I would guess, do you kind of like mentally, before you even sketch it, because you have to plan this out, right? Yeah. I mean, you, that that's the thing that strikes me is like, Wow, how do you make sure there's enough space, especially if we are on paper?
3: Oh, God, yeah, that's a common problem, actually.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's and, a hard you know, Procreate, John just erases, I guess, but, you know, when you're on pen and paper, you can't do it. But do you tend to actually think that way, too, when you're learning a new subject?
3: Yes, I do, but things never really work in the way I planned, unless I know about exactly how many minutes the speaker is gonna, you know, give the talk or yeah. whatever. It's just reading. Yeah, yeah. The page so, is never big enough.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah uh, so many times I have to actually, that's why I started using Procreate because I can edit. So I can just create, you know, take a note somewhere, could be in a pen and paper or maybe other space, and uh, we can just squish it in later on. Or if I get too yeah. much white space, I can just expand some of the, you know, uh, elements later. So I can always edit. So that's the reason I use, yeah, Procreate. Sorry, my cats are fighting. <laughs> that
1: that That's awesome, I love that background noise the cats fighting at uh, first, I was like, "Is that my stomach? <laughs> but no, that's the cats,
3: <laughs> yeah, one of my cats is really grumpy now because you know we have awful weather, oh, not just weather, I made the <laughs> the smokes from the,
0: oh, that's uh, the right. wildfires. You have the fire so badly right San now yeah. and
3: um opened them, so actually, one of my cats loved me working from home so she can just hang out in the backyard while I'm home. But now she can I mean, it's the air is unbreathable, so it's not healthy, and she has to be in a home all day, and she's frustrated. Like right <laughs> yeah.
1: Nor do so us of, humans. Mm-hmm. So, kind of flipping over to the we we kind of got sidetracked on sketchnoting. Mm-hmm. because I love sketch noting and, and so do you all, but. Um, <laughs> And we should do a show on that sometime, actually. Um, maybe get yeah. uh, Tamomi back and we could talk to Nitya, who a co-worker of ours. Yeah, I was who is of
3: our, actually. We have to <laughs> yeah.
1: I'll drop Nitya's yeah. link into the show notes for folks. She's great. So we could get a bunch of us on to talk about it. But in the world of JavaScript, um, like I know you you send around things like cats a lot, you send around sketchnoting a lot, but I notice you you're very modest. You use these tools that people are interested in, like visual learning and artistry and drawing and cats, which most of the world seems to enjoy cat pictures on the internet, right? Yeah, so,
3: internet is made with cats, right?
1: These two things <laughs> are fascinating to people. And you use those paradigms to draw people in mm-hmm. to learn things that are, I mean, let's be honest, technology is not nearly as exciting as cats and sketchnoting. So I, I'm just, I'm amazed at the way that you do you do it consciously? I imagine you do to say, you know, here's a here's a boring topic. I need to, how do I get people interested in this? I'm going to use really interesting topics like cats and sketchnoting and whatnot to get them in there. I mean, how do you, when you start to put a blog post or a talk together, how do you start going through that process?
3: Hmm, let's see. So find a topic that you like, first of all, of course. Otherwise, you know, you don't want to do anything with something you're not interested. So find a topic that you absolutely like. Well, something that you already know. Yeah, one thing is you already know if you, uh, you know, your purpose or you want to just share something to the rest of the world. Or uh, when you want to learn about new technology, that's actually a great opportunity too. So that's why when I started this uh, egg Miao" script talk, Yeah, Of course, I'm not like an expert. I know everything happened each ES, like a new ES, right? But of course, you know, I created my uh, conference talk and, uh, and I was really desperately seeking for where I can use a cat list, but I learned a lot. And not just, you know, you know having the cat pun, like concatenate or a catalog, the list with hash map, <laughs> all those, you know, that came out kind of naturally. But you know, it's just a good way to... Long. It keeps and, it fun, uh, yeah. though. It keeps <laughs> yeah. it
2: fun. It keeps it visual. And mm-hmm. I just love the concept of it It keeps it focused. Because yeah.
3: in mm-hmm. looking
2: at all these, you know, even though we're not really focused on sketchnotes, but from a learning standpoint,
3: mm-hmm.
2: everything is kind of in its own little compartment or bucket. And so I can literally take, you know, two seconds and go, oh, that's how I can calculate a hash or that's how I could or on the git commands. You actually see the merging type logic and, you know, that's pretty cool.
1: (laughs) Speaking of pretty cool, it's time to take a pretty cool break for a word from our sponsors.
4: So, John, one of the things I like about AG Grid, which is a a data grid component for the kind of complex uh, grid scenarios that we encounter all the time in enterprise apps. One of the things I really like about it is that it works for a variety of frameworks, Angular, React, Vue, or, or just vanilla JS, does that ring a bell for you?
1: Oh, it really does. There's all these different companies that I work with where they have no choice but to use a lot of these different tools because they have different teams working on them. So being able to port their code or share that code and that technical investment they have is really important to them.
4: Yeah, well, it's important to us, uh, ideally. We're a consulting company, and uh, you know, we never know what our client's going to want to use, Angular, React, Vue. But they're all going to need a grid, and it's great to be able to reach for uh, the one grid that works everywhere, AG Grid.
1: You know, at at any size company, too, because you could have these teams that maybe they only use one framework, but eventually they're going to switch to another one and be able to take that investment again and use it, reuse it is really nice.
4: So if a multi-framework data grid makes sense to you, please go check out AG Grid at ag-grid.com. All
1: right, and we're back. And Timomi, it was really great having you on today talking about how you use JavaScript and visual learning and sketchnoting and CATS. Git per, by the way, might be my all-time favorite command, and it's going to become my alias for Git pull uh, from now on. So thank you so much for that.
3: <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Eh? Yeah. Uh,
2: my my favorite is mouse script.
3: <laughs> <laughs> You're going to see my talk. Yeah, I think I use a really interesting cat picture, so people will never forget. It's some like a new functions like. I would say string, trim start, and trim end. I use a really interesting picture, so you got to see the talk. <laughs> cool,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> I'll drop a few links to some of your talks up inside the show notes as well. If you have any, go, go ahead and do those too. But we'd like to end our show with a final thought for our listeners. What could be on topic, uh, anything we've talked about today, or it could just be something interesting that's going on in your lives that you want our listeners to know about. Mr. Dan Walleen, what is your final thought for the day?
2: Uh, if you... Are in an area where you can get out, which fortunately I am somewhat in Arizona. Um, if you like to be completely confused but yet amused, go check out *Tenet*, uh, the movie. It's uh, with Christopher Nolan, and as you know, he's done *Inception* and *Batman* and a whole bunch of fun things. But um, I've, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out parts of that one. It's pretty, it's pretty trippy on on how it works with time, and I'll I'll leave it at that. Uh, my last one is um, uh, one of the groups that I've been working with in my new role at Microsoft. Um, just open sourced uh, yesterday, Tuesday, Tuesday, and uh, you can go to fluidframework.com, and it's a real-time collaboration framework. Um, still in the works. It literally just got released, you know, yesterday. So. There'll be some changes coming, but um, it's a really cool way. It's it's a step beyond like WebSockets or SignalR.
1: It's a little more granular, and I'll let you check that out if you're interested. Awesome. And Tomomi, what's your final thought for our listeners?
3: Hmm, let's see. So I would say in many times when you would like to learn new things, new technology, sometimes teaching somebody is the best way to, you know, understand better and uh, but you don't always have to be a teacher like something like a drawing you know like doodling something like i do and share with people you know that itself even if it's not you're not like a doodle kind of person but still you know just try to share with somebody doesn't matter it's twitter or not but that might be the great way to learn and, and have better understanding and also, of course, you know, being a software engineer, it's like you always have to learn a new thing, and it's kind of pain. But of course, learning doesn't have to be pain, and the technology, you know, um, learning about new technology shouldn't doesn't have to be pain. You know, find some way to, you know, um, yeah, find some way to make you have fun. It Doesn't have to be cats, but something. Oh, can I say one another thing? I Absolutely. actually didn't, yes, yeah, so I didn't mention this at all, but I, so I just started working at a Microsoft, like, uh, in July, and uh, my focus is in Teams, MS Teams, so you know what, so I'm kind of thinking, maybe I'm going to create something highly visual and very interesting so you can learn about, you know, a Teams, like APIs and SDKs and stuff, and they're going to you know, I really love to encourage you to build some apps for teams. So, yeah. Now I say that, so I should do it, really. You
1: really should, (laughs) yeah. 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 You're now committed. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Well, it's great to have you as part of the team. And as part of this podcast, my final thought for sketchnoting is this, and I'm likened back to a moment where Dan and I were at a conference somewhere back when traveling was a thing. And he was Interested in learning how to do some sketch notes for something for Docker, and we had a short conversation about you know he ta- he said common thing I hear all the time I don't feel like I'm very good at drawing this isn't that and I'm the same way I don't draw well either, but we hear this a lot like you don't have to be a fantastic artist to do sketchnoting. three things that I think are really important if you want a sketch note uh, first learn the three shapes triangle circle and rectangle. If you can draw those three things, you can draw most objects. I could do those three. <laughs> it's yes. true.
3: Yeah. I'm so
1: curious. practice writing those. Like grab a piece of paper and write out 10 of each of those shapes. That's the first thing to learn. Second thing to learn is really just learn about white space. It's okay to leave space on the paper when you're writing, cramming everything in is okay, but white space actually can be your friend. So it's okay if you've got spacing. And the third is, my tip here is your font, or a better way to say it is pick what kind of letters you want to draw. Do you like uppercase, lowercase, whatever your handwriting is, et cetera? Um, pick whatever your lettering is going to be for what you put on the page. As long as you can write letters, you can use white space and you can draw triangles, rectangles, and circles. You can sketchnote. So give that a shot. Um, mm-hmm. try some of the great learning tools we dropped in the show notes and hit up Tomomi on Twitter and uh, our good colleague, Nitya, who uh, I dropped her link in here. It's on Twitter. She's just Nitya, which is kind of cool. Uh-huh. N-I-T-Y-A, <laughs> See, right? Yep. Dro- uh, drop lines into there to us on Twitter, and we can help you out and get started with sketchnoting, and maybe we'll do a full-time show on it in the future. Hey, Tamomi, thanks for coming on. And thank you, Dan, for joining us on your special 105th birthday. <laughs> uh- <laughs> and thank you all for listening to yet another week of real talk javascript you'll hear from us every thursday morning see you next time thanks for listening to real talk javascript this show and all of our shows are available at www.realtalkjs.com with links and notes john and ward would love to hear what you think especially about potential guests and topics for future shows Follow and send them a message on Twitter at RealTalkJS.